Everybody knows what it takes to make the human body healthy. But what does it take to make the church healthy? Hi, this is Greg, one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. In this series, we'll be taking a look at the book of 1 Timothy and what it takes to be a healthy church. We hope you enjoy. Who is familiar with the show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Go ahead and raise your hand loud and proud if you know what I'm talking about. And if you've never seen the show, well, listen in and hold on. In that show, which I heard is making a comeback, there, the contestants had the ability to do what uh, they called lifelines. And there was actually three of them. Do you remember them? There was the 50-50 lifeline. There's the ask the audience lifeline. And what was the third one? Huh? Say it louder. Yes. Phone a friend. You go, Pastor, why are you talking about who wants to be a millionaire? Because the truth is, this guy in this moment needs a lifeline. I don't need 50-50. I certainly don't need ask the audience. But what this guy needs is phone a friend right now. And specifically, my creator. I need to have conversation with my creator. The one that knows me better than anybody else. That knows all that is going on in this world at this moment. That is who I need to be in conversation with. We in the church call that prayer. And we're going to dive into this topic here today. But before we go any further, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for everything that you are. Every special attribute that runs through our minds right now, we are grateful for. Whether that's caring, loving, kind, just, awesome, whatever it is, God, we say thank you for who you are. And God, thank you that we can phone you up anytime, any day, anywhere. God, I am praying for you through your Holy Spirit to speak through me. God, I pray that not only you would speak through me, but God, in this, at the same time, you would help me to listen. And I pray for those that are out there listening right now, I pray that you would help them open up their hearts and their minds to take away the distractions and to be able to think clearly with you and what you, you desire and what you want. God, this could only be done again through you. And so we press into you, we lean into you, we, we beg you to be with us. I love you. We love you. In the powerful name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. I'd like to read something from a, a book that's been around for a long time, over a million copies. It's, it's, a, it's a book called Prayer and it's written by uh, Richard Foster. I want to do something different in this message today. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read an excerpt from this, this book but what I want you to do is to close your eyes. Yeah. Close your eyes wherever you're at. And I want you to chew on the words that I'm going to share. 
I want you to think about, I want you to meditate on. And I really want you to concentrate on these words because they're so powerful. Are you ready? Go ahead and close your eyes. Today, the heart of God is an open wound of love. He aches over our distance and our preoccupation. He mourns that we do not draw near to him. He grieves that we have forgotten him. He weeps over our, our obsession with muchness and manyness. He longs for our presence. He is inviting you and me to come home, to come home to where we belong, to come home to that which we were created. His arms are stretched out wide to receive us. His heart is enlarged to take us in. For too long we have been far, far uh, away from him in our country, a country of noise and hurry and crowds, a country of climb and push and shove, a country of frustration and fear and intimidation. And he welcomes us home, home to the serenity and peace and joy home to friendship and fellowship and openness, home to intimacy and acceptance and affirmation. Keep your eyes closed. We do not need to be shy. He invites us into the living room of his heart where he could put on old slippers and share freely he invites us into the kitchen of his friendship where chatter and batter mix is good fun. He invites us into the dining room of his strength where we could feast to our heart's delight. He invites us into the study of wisdom where we can learn and grow and stretch and ask all the questions he wants or we want. He invites us into the workshop of his creativity, where we could be co-laborers with him, working together to determine the outcome of the events. He invites us into the bedroom of rest where new places or new peace is found and where we could be naked and vulnerable and free. It is also the place of deepest intimacy where we know and are known to the fullest. The key, listen, listen, listen. The key to this home, this heart of God, is prayer. Perhaps you've never prayed before except in anguish or terror. It may be that the only time the divine name has been on your lips has been in an angry explicitives. Never mind. I am here to tell you that the Father's heart is open wide. You are welcome to come in. My friends, this is our second week of taking a look at a healthy church. According to the book of, of 1 Timothy, which was actually a letter written from Paul to Timothy, and we shared all about the background last week, and you could go online and listen to the message if you missed that. But let me remind you, it's kind of like a father-son 
Paul is pouring into Timothy during a difficult time and is trying to encourage him. And, and we're going to pull out traits, as I shared last week, of what a healthy church ought to look like. And last week we looked at grace. This week we're going to find out that that trait, that characteristic that needs to be running through each and every church is that of prayer. Now here's the deal. I want you to be taking notes and I want you to write down the, the first point of today's message. You ready? The first point is, write this word down, invitation. Invitation. Yep, that's right. Like an invitation you, you receive to go to a birthday party or, or some kind of a, a retirement party or an invitation, I mean, there's, uh, to a wedding. But that's the word I'm talking about, an invitation. But I want you to think of it in the context of prayer, like, like what I just read out of the book Prayer by Richard Foster. You and I are invited into a daily conversation with God Almighty. And that is so important for us to understand. I uh, want to let you know quickly uh, that Revelations chapter 320 it's Jesus speaking, and, and he's inviting us into a relationship. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Can you picture that? Jesus, the Son of God, knocking uh, on the door. And he says, man, if you want to hang out, which is a loose translation, if you want to dine with me and, and I with you, then, then you need to open up that door. There's that invitation to have a relationship with God Almighty, our Creator, but again, you have to accept the relationship. You have to accept the invitation. If you read in, in Hebrew, chapter 4, uh, verse uh, 15, and so I'd encourage you to open up your Bibles at home, and, and some of you are having to turn to um, uh, your, your, uh, your phone devices, but I want to encourage you, Hebrews chapter 4 uh, says this, in regards to relationship, in regards to invitation, it says in Hebrews chapter 4, uh, 14, it says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold, hold firmly to the faith we profess. Now, here it is. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are and yet did not sin. And, and here's the part of this passage I absolutely love. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Again, there's that invitation to have conversation with God Almighty through his son, Jesus Christ. We could read 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 that says that we ought to pray continually. We could look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 that says in every situation, every situation we ought to be in conversation or prayer with God Almighty. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 says this, that we ought to be devoting ourselves to prayer. The common theme through all of this is that the invitation has been given to us. I don't know how you would answer this question, but have you ever been given a special invitation? And I know all invitations are special at, at one level or another, but some are just kind of like off the chart, kind of out there different kind of things. 
For me, this happened about three years ago when my buddy who works in the front office with the Dodgers uh, said, hey, Rob, I'd love to invite you uh, to this event the Dodgers are holding. It's a fundraiser. It's going to be at the stadium, but it's really only for uh, select people plus the players and their wives and, and, and the front office for the Dodgers. And so, I don't know, maybe six or 700 people. And so you get all dressed up and you go to the stadium and in center field, they have this huge um, st- uh, uh, stage all set up and, and there's picture stations and all this wonderful food. And I'm literally walking amongst all these Dodger players. And if you don't know, I'm a huge Dodger fan and I'm just watching them with their spouses or their girlfriends. And, and every once in a while, there was a hi I got to say and uh, share. But the big excitement of the night was they brought in Fleetwood Mac. And the band is there on the stage with less than probably 700 of us. And I'm like, you know, just a few, few, I don't know, maybe five yards away from Lindsey Buckingham, who's just going to town on the guitar, and Stevie Nicks. And it was just a great night. I'm hanging out with Ron Say, just talking to him for probably 15 minutes, a former Dodger uh, MVP. Uh, there was times in the night I was hanging out with Oral Hershiser, someone I looked up to, and just it was just a fun night. And I, 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 I hope I'm expressing this in a way like a child would because I was like a kid, and I have no shame in sharing that. And uh, that was a special invitation, and I was so grateful for it, and it was an amazing night. What was yours? What is it that you're thinking of? Well, whatever it is and and whatever I just shared, I want to tell you something. As great as that was, the invitation to be in conversation with God Almighty is greater than any invitation you will ever receive in your lifetime. And for some of you out there, that's the first time you've even even been told this, that you could have a, a conversation with God Almighty. And that is what we call prayer. Prayer is the best invitation you and I will ever receive. And again, that's for us specifically, but now I want to look at the church because the sermon series is Healthy Church. Well, you've, you figured it out, and I said it earlier. The second trait of a healthy church is, is a church that's filled with prayer. Did you catch that? A church that's not praying is not a church. Just like I said, a church not filled with grace last week is not a church. Again, I grab this from our text. Open up your Bibles to 1 Timothy. Last week, we looked at chapter 1 and found out about grace. This week, we look at chapter 2. And again, we're not running through everything in chapter 2. We're just going to stay at the very beginning part because that's where we're going to camp out. But 1 Timothy chapter 2 says this. I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, and intercession, and thanksgiving be made for what? For all people. Then he goes on to say, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all the godliness and holiness. If you're like me, When I sat down to study this this week, I have to be honest. I was like, God, are you kidding me? Again, this decision for this sermon was made in 2019 in the month of November. But God knew what would be going on 
in our world the first week of June of 2020. I, I could not have handpicked a better topic with all the chaos that is going on. We, I, you need to be reminded that God Almighty is our lifeline. It's he that you and I need to be turning to at this moment. Whether you're angry, whether you're sad, whether you're happy, whether you're filled with joy, whatever, whatever your emotion, prayer is our lifeline. I urge you, he says, do you see the, the, the expect, expectation? Do you see the, the, the urgency? I urge you, first of all. And so he's saying whatever is on your list, Timothy, and whatever your audience is thinking, you need to bring that from wherever it is and put it at the top. Prayer is of utmost importance. It's It's interesting. As you read that with me, did you notice what happens here? There, there, are, there are, in my studies, I've learned this. There are seven different Greek nouns used for prayer. Seven Greek nouns used for prayer in the New Testament. Four of those are used right here in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Paul emphasized it over and over again that we need to be in prayer. It's our lifeline. It's our power source. It's our hope source. It's our courage source. And the list goes on. So I want to delve into these words uh, briefly, and then we have a special treat that, that, that will be coming up. So again, taking notes, the first, the first point was invitation. The second point is, what do I say? Like some of you have been praying your whole life. Some of you, you have no clue, and part of why you don't pray is you're just afraid to, 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 to use the wrong words and, and to be in the wrong position and to, to not know exactly what you're supposed to do and say, I want to just, I want to give you permission because God gives us permission to talk to him with no hesitations. What he cares about is your heart. And so real quick, the big picture of prayer, and, and again, I, I feel like I need to say this, the big picture of prayer, uh, there's, there's some things that are really important. Matthew chapter 6, if, you, if you'll turn there. Matthew chapter 6, and uh, we're going to look at verse uh, 5 through 8, and there's just a, a teaching right before the Lord's Prayer, and some of you are familiar with it, that, that I think are some key things that we need to just pay attention to as we begin to approach. But even with this, uh, if even you want to hear this, just talk to God. Stop with the excuses. Again, we're looking at the big picture. Chapter 6, verse 5 says this, and when you pray, Jesus says this, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues, on the street corners, to be seen by others. Oh, look at me, I'm talking to God. Truly, I tell you, they have received their, their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then the Father who has seen what is done in secret will what? He'll reward you. 
And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans. For they think they will be heard because of their what? Because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Did you see that? God wants our hearts. That's what prayer is all about. That's that lifeline, that connection to the, to, to, to the one in whom created us. I say that over and over again, but this is what is so important. And by the way, this is what I need in this moment. I believe this is what you need in this moment. And can I be bold enough to say this is what our country needs in this moment? We need to turn away from all the garbage that is out there and turn back to God and be in communication with him in prayer. I love this quote by Richard Foster. It says, he says, in the same way a small child cannot draw a bad picture, so a child of God cannot offer a bad prayer. I want to say that again. In the same way a small child cannot draw a bad picture, so a child of God cannot offer a bad prayer. What do we learn from that little section of scripture just before Jesus gives us the model prayers we know as the Lord's Prayer? Basically, he says, be humble and be real. Be humble and be real. C.S. Lewis says this about prayer. Lay before him what is in us, not what ought to be in us. I want to say that again. Lay before him what is in us, not what ought to be in us. And this, again, speaks volumes of you and I communicating with God in a thing we call prayer. The important thing is that we just humble ourselves before him and share in very real ways. Because, by the way, he knows our every thought anyway. So, back to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy says this. I urge you in in chapter 2, verse 1, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions. There's that first word. So again, we're saying, what do I say? Well, we say whatever it is, uh, humbly and and, 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 and just being authentic and real. But now Timothy to his, uh, or Paul to his audience, uh, to Timothy as he speaks, he is saying um, that the petitions, is one of the things that could be a part of our prayer. That word petition is um, translated out request. I don't need to speak about this much. I think we know how to ask. Uh, we've, when we're little, we know how to ask our parents for that toy in Toys R Us or in Kmart back in the day or Target, whatever it is. We know how to ask even as adults. But even in our prayers, we know how to ask, and that's okay. Paul says right there in your petition, uh, in, in request, in, in prayer, you can request what it is that, that, that you think you need. You can request what it is that you are desiring from God. It is okay to share your needs. Then the second uh, aspect, he says, he says he uses the word petitions, and then he says prayers. And, and, and as you study this word out, this is the one that's used um, the most times. Uh, in reference to prayer, it's, it's kind of the generic word of prayer. But as I studied it out, it simply means that you are to be communicating with God Almighty. That you are to be communicating, and, and, and some of my studies said this, communicating privately and publicly. 
privately and publicly, because there's private prayers, right, that we do uh, uh, in, in our own homes or while we're driving and, and by ourselves. But then there's, there's the public prayers. And really, if, if, if I was to give my opinion, this is really where Timothy's pushing. He's talking about more of the, not that this doesn't go both ways, but I think he's talking to Timothy about um, public prayers specifically. And again, that talks about the context of the church, that prayer, a healthy church, has, has to have the element of prayer in it. And so, so first one is, what do we say in our prayers? One is, um, uh, it, the first one is petition and request. The second one, the word prayers, that we're just, we're, 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 t- we're talking uh, with God either privately or publicly. Then you go on to that third word, and in my translation, it says intercession. And the word translated intercession is conversation. And, and when I think about conversation, and I've got a few of my friends uh, sitting in here today, uh, Greg Green, I don't know if you guys know this, he's been the one filming these messages, and you need to give a shout out to him, and then a special guest, and we've got our sound person and assistant up there. But, uh, you know, with that, you know, if I was just to engage in conversation with them, I'm just going to shoot real. If I'm not feeling good that day, I tell them I'm not feeling good. If I'm feeling great, you know, if I had a good day, whatever it is, you just talk. It's conversation. And it's okay to have that with God Almighty. It's okay to just have conversation. If you're feeling sad, let them know. If you're angry, let them know. If you're happy, let them know. If you have a request, let them know. If you're thankful about something, let them know. And I love that word intercession because it's simply conversation. If you're wondering what to talk about with God, there's that petition part, there's that uh, prayer part of, of public or private, and then this word intercession, it's just a conversation. And then we get to the fourth word, and that's thanksgiving. So he says, uh, I urge you, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. What does that look like? What's this word thanksgiving? Uh, translation is Eucharist. I had no clue. And uh, we talked a, a, a couple of weeks ago about a communion, and our Catholic friends would refer to the Lord's Supper as a Eucharist. That's that translation there. And so I think what Paul may be saying to Timothy, and this is just my opinion, is in our prayer, there ought to be a part of it just being thankful for, for what Jesus has done for us. There's that attitude of gratitude, and it just doesn't stop there, but I think, I think gratitude is contagious. And if when we're talking to God, we could just begin to th- think about the things that we're grateful for, I think that has so much power in changing our heart and our attitude. Have you experienced that to be true in your own life? Maybe some of us, that's the first thing we need to do when we, we have a conversation with, uh, with uh, God that we, we, we call prayer, it's maybe just start off with a, a, a list of gratitude. Lord, thank you for the roof over my head. Thank you for my family, even though they could irritate me. Not my family, but maybe that would be your prayer. Uh, thank you for the vehicle that I have. Thank you for my health. Thank you for the country that I live in. Thank you for the, the, the state that I live in. Thank you for the fact that I can go to the market. Thank you, what, whatever it is. And, and I'm gonna tell you, you're gonna realize how much you have to be grateful for even when you're struggling. So I raced through those. But those are some thoughts on what we could pray for. And then I, I ran by this, but I want you to catch it. Paul says, for all people, for all people. 
Then, I want to close this with, ready? For kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives. That's where I'm convicted. This one got me this week. It doesn't matter your political uh, stance. It doesn't matter whether you think so-and-so should be in office or not, whether it's the president or the governor or the mayor or your local council person. I could give a whole sermon on what was going on in the time in the government in which this was written. And if you think that we're in difficult times today, I would take this over that any time under the leadership of Nero. But I was convicted. How often am I praying for our president? How often am I praying for our governor? for our mayor, for all the other leaders, and for pastors. I mean, it talks about leaders after this. You know what America needs right now? It needs a message like this to remind us our lifeline is God Almighty. And the best thing that you and I, the church, could do in this moment is to lift up our country in prayer. But specifically, to lift up our leaders. There's a lot to chew on in what I've shared, but I want to transition into uh, now a time with a, a special friend of mine. Well, here I am with a, a dear friend of mine, uh, Melba Sanchez. And Melba has uh, been a part of this church for a very long time. As a matter of fact, I've been here for 32 years and, and Melba was here before me. So uh, it's, it's good to be hanging out with you. And, and the only other thing I want to say is this. When I took over as lead pastor, uh, the very first thing I did was identify five ladies at our church, uh, grandmas, and I asked them individually, would you make a commitment to pray for me and my family as the lead pastor of this church? Melba was, uh, was the, one of the five that I went to, and uh, I'm so grateful for you. And uh, anything that good comes out of my ministry here at West Valley Christian Church, it's because of Melba and her prayers. And so uh, I just thought it would be great, speaking on the topic of prayer, that we, we just get back to the basics. I, I know I shared a lot of information, but let's just get back to the heart of prayer. And I want to learn from you. Um, this is where the gold is. So I, I have two questions, like I said. Um, and the first one is simply this, Melba, what is prayer to you? Prayer to me. Is my lifeline to God. Many years ago when I was a young Christian, God laid on my heart that I could talk to him. And I did a lot of silent prayer because I was afraid to talk out loud to him because I, I didn't have those fancy words that a lot of people used 40 years ago to pray to God. And I learned through God's word and, and just growing in God's word and in and, and my life that I didn't need fancy words. I just needed to talk to him. You know, when Tito and I were young and dating, we, we talked for hours on the telephone. That's having a relationship with someone. That's what you want to talk to them. You want to hear about them. You want them to know about you. 
and now we've been married over 50 years and that communication hasn't changed except for the hours on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> but we still need that communication with one another to have a good relationship. And, and so years ago, um, it was just laid on my heart that God wanted to talk to me. I didn't need a priest in between me and God, that God wanted to hear from me. And I think in Matthew where Jesus teaches people how to pray, that that was my beginning. Mm -hmm. That was my beginning on how to pray to the God that wants to hear from me. And so prayer is my lifeline. I, it, it doesn't matter if I'm good that day or feeling angry or what. God wants to hear from me because he loves me and he wants to hear from me. So, and I love talking with God. I love talking with God about for other people. You know, a lot of people will say, the least you can do is pray for me. I go, no, it's the most powerful thing you can do is pray for people. <laughs> and because we're not in control, our God is in control and he's the one that changes hearts and he's the one that changes minds. And so there's no, no greater thing that we can do is to pray for one another and to pray for people. Isn't that awesome? Uh, one of our older saints of the church that is so important for you to hear, especially those of us that are, we forget, we stand on the shoulders, and you hear me as a pastor say this all the time, we stand on the shoulders of those that have been walking the, the faith for a very long time, and Melba and her husband Tito are, are, are that family here at West Valley Christian Church. Melba, as, as we close our time out together, what would you um, like to say to that person that, that's afraid to pray, or maybe even thinks, ah, God doesn't even care about me? Uh, you know, it, it just goes back to God's word where, you know, Christ died for us while we were still sinners. And I think that verse in Romans just kind of knocked me over <laughs> that, yeah, he did die for me. I didn't deserve it. And he wants to hear from me, even though I don't deserve to be heard. And as, as you grow in talking with God and get to know him better, your faith grows your faith grows. It, you might start out just praying to him by yourself, and he gives you that courage to pray out loud because you don't need the fancy words. You're talking to a friend, <laughs> a friend that wants to hear from you. He knows it anyway, so <laughs> the best thing to do when you're having problems is to talk to God. <sighs> And he helps you whenever you're feeling lonely or fearful and you say, you know, crying out to him. And that's how I learned how to pray, too. Um, not knowing how to pray, I, I did a lot of God's word and, and prayer is my life. And, and I studied David's prayers in the Psalms. Oh, yeah. A lot of times to this day, I will pray verses out of the Psalms. And Hebrews 4.16 is my favorite. Huh? My favorite, where we can approach the throne of grace with confidence, not because of anything I did, you did. It was what Jesus did. Amen. I love that verse. I love that verse. Amen. Well, we're definitely going to have to do round two with Melba sometime <laughs> on this. This is good stuff. 
Um, thank you, Melba. And it would be an honor and a privilege if you could pray for us as we close out this message. And then specifically, as we learned from today's message, um, pray for our, our government. Yes, you and I both know there's a lot going on in our in our cities and our country right now. And so um, it'd be an honor if you could pray us out. Our Heavenly Father, El Shaddai, you are the Almighty God. You are the wonderful counselor, the Prince of Peace. Lord, you created this world and you have placed our leaders in place. And Lord, we lift them up to you. We pray for uh, your wisdom that they would turn to you for your wisdom and for your guidance speaking of, for our president for our governor of our states of our mayors who are going through tough times now lord our whole country is hurting people are hurting and the answer is you god mm -hmm. i pray that we would all unite with one voice and looking to you lord and saying help us lord you are able able to change people's minds and people's hearts. I continue to lift up Rob and, and all of the staff here at West Valley for your wisdom as they lead us, lead us, Lord, as a church. I pray that for those who are hurting in our church and, and for those who are hurting in our city, mm. that they would know that you are the answer. You are the solution to all of our problems, to all of our fears, because you are El Shaddai, the mm. Almighty God, who sent his only son out of love. You are the God of unfailing love, unfailing power, and it's in your most powerful name, Jesus, that I pray. Wow, thank you, Melba. I, uh, I want to give you a big social distance hug, and uh, thank you for sharing with us. Remember, Lord, your tender mercies and your love. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day.